it seems like forever since I got behind the mic, but as we'll hear today, forever just ain't as long as it used to be. Let's get into it. As always, I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another week of Category Is. After another brief hiatus, I know y'all are tired of my hiatuses, hiatai. <laughs> Is there, what's the plural of hiatus? I don't know. I'll look it up later. But welcome back for another week. The Super Bowl was on Sunday. Honestly, I ain't really watched the game. Uh, I didn't re- even really know who was playing in it. <laughs> um, today's drink is inspired by the Super Bowl. You can make it in a large batch. I think the Super Bowl is not about like individual cocktails. Most people usually will have like a beer or, you know, something really easy. You make like a punch um, or what we used to do in college <laughs> is mix everything up in a cooler. So tonight's drink is inspired by the PJ drink in college called Purple Jesus. <laughs> it's purple and it will make you call for the Lord because it's very, very strong. Uh, lots of spirits up in here. So in the college version, we would use like Everclear because it was cheap and it would get you where you need to go really fast. Um and you just mix up like purple Kool-Aid. Everybody had their own recipe, but um, it's strong as hell. And you would like soak the fruit in the Everclear uh, be- like the night before. And then it would just be a whole mess. So tonight's drink is a play on the Purple Jesus. is a more responsible adult version um, of it. So drink responsibly. If you are of legal age to do so in this drink tonight is vodka splash of Prosecco, which you might as well use, you, you know, you get that mini bottle of Prosecco, um, blue Curacao, and this one calls for a Sprite. Um, I probably wouldn't, won't do the Sprite, but I guess you do need something to kind of sweeten it up a bit. So I would do like a simple syrup. Um, and like lemon juice or something like that. But um, this one calls for Sprite. Um, And then garnish it with some lemons. And there you go. That is your adult. Well, it's a blue Jesus tonight. (laughs) Not a purple Jesus. But you could do like any kind of flavor. I think you could do like a grape would work well with a lemon. You could do like a raspberry. Um, Strawberry, you know, if you want. So, yeah. It's kind of throw whatever you want into a glass and make it work. because. The Super Bowl is not about being fancy. It's all about getting drunk. And so speaking of the Super Bowl, I did not watch it, like I said, um, because I just, um, you know, I'm not really into the sports like that. The closest I got to watching sports this weekend was (laughs) binging the first season of Ted Lasso, which is actually pretty good. Like, I didn't expect it to be um, good. You know, it's like a little 30-minute comedy. Um, has Jason Sudeikis. And Septa Unella, who was from <laughs> Game of Thrones, the shame, the shame bell. That was her, which I didn't even realize that was her until like season two. But yeah, so Ted Lasso is this uh, kind of like B-level football coach here in America. And then shocking turn of events. He gets hired to coach a soccer team in London. And, you know, just kind of all the chaos that ensues. Uh, from there but yeah it's really funny it's slightly british humor but 
um, you know, Americanized. And it seems to be really popular. It's kind of like a Emily in Paris situation, which is, um, you know, an American gets thrown into the culture and, and everything in Paris. And I feel, I'm finding that here in America, we are starting to like more of the shows where they're not set in America. I don't know what that says about America, but I mean, it says a lot. But yeah, it was a good show. Check it out um, on Apple TV+. Plus. So I did find out that the LA Rams and the, they still play in Cincinnati? The Bengals um, were the teams that were playing in the Super Bowl. I don't know who won. <laughs> Y'all can let me know. Because I was only there for the halftime show. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So I don't know who was the headliner because it was just a mishmash of a lot of different people. I guess the headliner was Dr. Dre, who was fresh off of his divorce battle. And that lady ain't get nothing. <laughs> I mean, she got she got a good piece of change, you know, a lump sum, seven figures. She got some Maya Angelou quarters up in that bank account right about now. Um, and then <laughs> it had... Snoop Dogg, who, you know, hasn't had a hit in a long time. Most people know Snoop Dogg nowadays from that uh, Martha Stewart collaboration that he has. But so the stage is set up and it's supposed to be like these miniature houses, like all across the football field. And it's in um, they're all in white. But I know the people on the back side of that stage was mad as hell because <laughs> they couldn't see shit for that halftime show. Because first they're like they started up on the roof and then they kind of went down into the houses and it was almost like a you know how like a dollhouse has like the open um section on the one side. So it was very reminiscent of that. And when they went down into the house, you couldn't see anything that was going on. Um, uh, unless you were watching it on the monitors like you could have done at home. <laughs> but anyway um so then dr dre started it off snoop dogg performed and then, <laughs> you know they always have the surprise performances because i didn't know that 50 cent was going to be in the super bowl <laughs> performance and so he starts off his bit and he's hanging upside down like he was in his um in that first video that he had like 20 years ago and 50 Cent ain't built like he was 20 years ago now. He looked like about a dollar seventy-two at the moment <laughs> because that white beater was all the way stretched out. Like he could have just had on his Manx uh tank top a white beater because 50 Cent was looking a little thick, trying to hang upside down, gasping for <laughs> gasping for air. I know he couldn't breathe hanging up there like that. But then he performed, um, Mary J. Blige performed. And I was I was really there for Mary J. Blige. She was like, I'm going to give you this skin-tight leotard, these thigh-high, or they were almost hip-high boots. And she was all in white and, like, you know, these silver, like, kind of sequin-y kind of things. And she had about 48 inches of hair cascading down. And she looked good up there dancing off beat like she usually do. Then they had Kendrick Lamar come out. I don't know really too much any of his songs, but um, he was dancing up there with all them guys with the blonde hair dressed all in black looking like Cisco. Then Eminem came out, and I I ain't got nothing to say about Eminem. He, I mean, he did kneel down and, I guess, support of Colin Kaepernick, but, eh, I mean, one thing about Eminem, he's he hit that Just For Men 
beard dye a bit too hard. Maybe he left it in a little too long. <laughs> I'm not sure. But Eminem has got to be pushing 50, and that beard was dark. Like, <laughs> dark, dark. <laughs> Looking like Mariah Carey in the Obsessed uh, video. And then that was pretty much it. I mean, they were crit walking, and, you know, it was very much an ode to the culture and California culture in particular. Um, surprised they didn't bring out Issa Rae because Issa Rae is California culture for real. Um, but it was, um, uh, again, it was great stage production and the ability to bring out all of these, you know, people who have been so um, profound and prolific for the culture. Um, however, it was a bit lackluster for me. First of all, we got to stop pretending that they're performing live. Like those tracks are pre-recorded. The instruments ain't even plugged in. And, you know, they're up there acting like, you know, it's a live performance. The one thing I will say, I used to um, play uh, saxophone in the marching band. And these uh, stadiums are huge. First off, you cannot hear anything when you're on that field because think you're in a in, uh, you're in one space and there's what like how many people I don't know maybe eighty thousand people in the stage all talking and um, making noise and you know then you're in just a wide area so you couldn't hear one instrument you know ten yards away or twenty yards away you just had to kind of just had to go for it <laughs> and, you know. So when you're up there and you've got like uh, the crowd, you've got the dancers, you got the staging, you got the um, the speakers, you got all this going on, and it just would not be um, a good experience if they tried to do it live. Um, so the thing is, hold the microphone as close to your mouth as possible, and just lip sync for your life. Y'all ain't up there giving your all. And I mean, that's what it kind of disconnects for me. It's like, it was just too much going on. And I didn't thoroughly enjoy it. I know I'm not supposed to say that I didn't enjoy it. Maybe that's my I say what I said for this week um, a little bit early. But girl, I guess. But, you know, all the celebrities were there. Beyonce was there. Jay-Z was there. Because, um, you know, he getting paid by the NFL. And then... Martha Stewart was there to support her man Snoop. J-Lo and Ben Affleck were there. LeBron James was there. My boy Aubrey Drizzy Drake was there. Ellen was there looking a mess. Kanye was there. With North, I'm going to talk a little bit more about them later. Megan Thee Stallion was there with Christina Aguilera. Justin Bieber, Kendall Jenner, her boyfriend, um... The basketball player, Russell Wilson and Ciara was there. Kevin Hart was there. I hope he had a booster seat or that nobody was tall was sitting in front of him because I know he ain't see shit. And the reason, you know, everybody was there was that nobody was wearing a mask, which the only person I saw wearing a mask was Prince Harry (laughs) and uh, his cousin Eugenie were there. Um, They probably were in box seats, too, but they still had a mask on. Because I guarantee you that was a super spreader event. 
But yeah, other than that, pretty lackluster. I think um, I can't even remember seeing any Super Bowl ads. The thing about the ads is that they started releasing them um, much earlier. So you don't even have to wait until the Super Bowl to actually watch them. Um, so then there was like nothing really to talk about like the next day. Because I think that was the big thing. Like people would watch the Super Bowl so that they could go to the office the next day and talk about all the, you know, like the funny commercials or the crazy commercials. One, we can't go into the office the next day anymore. And then the articles all come out like, I mean, the ads all come out like a week before anyway. So it's like we've already seen them by the time you even get to the Super Bowl. So that was a womp womp as well. So I don't know who planned the Super Bowl this year, but it was probably a man because it was the day before Valentine's Day. I hope everybody manage their expectations accordingly because I knew it was a lot of hungover people and we're not even thinking twice about Valentine's Day. Also I read an article that the that there's a um spike in domestic abuse the night of the Super Bowl. So not a good way to kick off your Valentine. I guess it's because you know people are drinking and then um if your team loses I guess you're upset. Maybe you bet on the game and lost some money. I don't know. But to me, I think Valentine's Day is one of the lamest days of the year. It's supposed to be the day where you profess your love for, you know, your partner or whatever. Uh, <laughs> show them how romantic you are, how much you love them, just so you can post it on social media. And a lot of people get proposed to on Valentine's Day, which is so corny <laughs> to me. No shade if, if that was your situation this year or in the past, or do you plan one for the future? But I don't know. It just seems it's a made up holiday, number one. And then it's just why on this particular day do I have to tell you or show you how much I love you? Shouldn't, shouldn't you be doing that every day? Shouldn't I be doing that every day? Um, why wait until this one specific day? of the year it is so cliche it's so corny now so even though i'm in a relationship i try to avoid social media on valentine's day because it's just a bunch of pictures a bunch of people posting pictures of their roses that they got their chocolate um candy hearts that they got the teddy bear that they got i'm like don't get me none of that shit because the flower's gonna die. I'm not trying to get fat or get diabetes eating up of that chocolate. And what I'm gonna do with this teddy bear? Throw it in the trash. So I'm at the stage now where I'm all about the experience. Trying to get lured out to a tropical destination. You know, take me to a nice restaurant or, or something. You know, let's have an experience. Let's make a, a memory. But, you know, don't give me any of that corny, <laughs> corny shit. And it is also the day where, you know, people who are single just feel that much, you know, poorly, more poorly about themselves, or you're supposed to feel bad because you're not in a relationship or, you know, whatever, or the people who are in bad relationships and they stay together just until Valentine's Day so they can get a gift or feel some kind of way um, about it, feel special for the day and then break up like the next day or whatever. Tens across the board for Simone Biles, who got engaged to her 
baller boyfriend over the weekend or i guess on valentine's day she posted yesterday so you are exactly one of those people i was just talking about simone biles but tim fuger and then on the other end of the spectrum (laughs) kanye omari west i you know i feel bad for kanye but you know i still support him i know he's going through what he is going through and he was down to the super bowl on sunday with um, his oldest daughter, Northwest. He was not sitting anywhere near Jay-Z and Beyonce. So read into that what you will. Or Drake either. I think um, him and Drake got beef again now. And somebody else. Who else got beef with? No, him and Drake patched it up. It's Kid Cudi, I think. So a few weeks ago, I told y'all that Kanye was dating this um, mediocre-looking woman <laughs> named Julia Fox. Anybody other than Kim Kardashian is just mediocre. I think he hit his peak with that. Like, I don't see him topping that um, ever. So bad to say, horrible to say, and, you know, kind of put these two women against each other. But, you know, that's just, that's not shade. That's just a fact. But apparently he and Julia Fox have ended their, like, six-week relationship if you want to call it that. I hope she got to keep all those clothes. Maybe that's all she was in it for. Somebody posted a picture of her like sitting on a bus or something and she was crying or something like that. And she made um, a post and said that, you know, oh, you know, why would I ever cry over some man? Um, Basically saying, you know, we was just kicking it. It wasn't even that serious, which, you know, in six weeks, I guess not. She claims she just used him for the come up and to become more famous. I didn't know she was famous to begin with, but girl, I guess. Then immediately after they announced their breakup, Kanye said that he sent a truckload full of roses over to Kim Kardashian house. I mean, he could have just walked them across the street because he did buy the house across the street. But a truckload of roses, I mean, that's, that's, that's sweet. I think, you know, those kids, they'll figure it out eventually and not to be outdone on valentine's day but the human sperm bank himself nick cannon released a song (laughs) i do not know why he chose to do this on valentine's day of all days but on valentine's day nick cannon who is baby daddy extraordinaire released a song called alone on all his social media and his um youtube channel and in the song (laughs) and in the song he talks about how much he wants to get back with his ex-wife who is none other than my diva of choice mariah carey he even goes so far as to sample one of her songs (laughs) oh my god so he samples love takes time which um was on her very first CD back in 1990. So in the caption, he says, this song is for anyone who is hashtag alone on Valentine's Day. He wanted to be raw and from the heart. And then he has hashtags broken, shattered, alone. Jeez, <laughs> uh, decent therapy. So some of the lyrics from the song, I didn't listen to the whole thing because I just couldn't get past those, that first verse. But later in the song, he says, um, as, much as, as much as I want you back, it's probably better where you're at because I'm still running in the streets. I'm still all in the sheets, having babies, 
models, singers, and actresses saying they're pregnant by me, which they probably are, having to pay 10000 a week to take care of my peeps. Now you don't worry when I creep and you got a man next to you when you sleep. Now, first of all, Nick Cannon, you about four or five babies too late. <laughs> I mean, sorry. There was a time when I was like, okay, maybe they'll get back together. You know, maybe it'll be a Kim and Kanye situation because I think they'll get back together eventually. But on the other hand, I'm sure he had a contract with Mariah and was like, listen, we're going to stay married for this amount of years. We're going to have this amount of kids. And <laughs> there's that one interview where they asked Mariah if she wanted to have more kids. And she said that she and Nick, um, kind of argue about that a lot and she's like if he wants more kids he can go ahead and have them but yeah i just think they had an arrangement i don't really see it for um mariah and this background dancer but i mean she needs somebody to take her instagram videos and pictures so instagram boyfriend of the year but again valentine's day is all about the grand gesture so i mean you got to commend kanye and <laughs> Nick. but love is a game sometimes you lose sometimes you win and speaking of winning it's time for tens 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 across the board this week and this week my tens is going to 29 year old florida olympian speed skater aaron jackson who's the first black woman to win a speed skating medal at the Winter Olympics. And she said, if I'm going to be first, baby, I'm going to come in first. And she got that gold medal and brought it down to the United States. I don't know how much longer the Winter Olympics um, is going to go on. I think maybe another week or so. But she actually got on the team because one of her teammates gave up their spot on the team in order for uh, Miss Aaron to get on on the team i guess um she had a little slip up in the olympic trials and um didn't make the team and so her good good girlfriend which is probably her girlfriend um another skater gave up her spot um so that aaron could um could take her place and it paid off so tens for you aaron jackson the first black woman to win speed skating gold medal at the olympics all right, y'all, that about wraps it up for this week. Got some good feedback that you liked how I broke up the episodes uh, a couple weeks ago. So stay tuned for an another bonus episode later this week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you later. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another week. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you're listening to Category Is right now. Category Is podcast is recorded in Philadelphia. The show is hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Maurice Smith.